Hey you guys, it's Angie and thank you for tuning back in to Sincerely Angie. Um, if you are coming, if you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back because after last week's episode, I know that that was, it was gruesome, <laughs> which is why it was the Halloween special. So now we're back to business. We have a few months before the new year, not even a few months, it's November, there's December and then the new year starts. So now it's time to start prepping for your future and for whatever resolutions you may have for the new year if you have those sorts of things. This episode is going to be about budgeting and it's like a part two to finances. This is an interview that I did with Eric from The Unmastered and Ready Unmastered. You can find his links down below. Um, he posted it to his channel a few months ago and now I'm posting it to mine just so that if you did not get a chance to check him out, you can check it out over here. But I still want you to go over to his channel and or to his website and check out what he has to offer because Living Unmastered is a lifestyle and he has a plethora of things that you can benefit from and I want you all to support. So please go over there and check him out. But in the meantime, get out a notebook, a pen and paper or uh, something of the sort so that you can start to get ready to make some changes for the new year. This episode is Dear Finances Part 2, and I hope that you all enjoy. And if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to message me wherever you can find me. Again, links are below. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out, and I hope that this helps someone. Dear Finances Part 2. Hey everybody, welcome to another segment of Living Unmastered. Of course, I am your host, Eric, one half of the Unmastered team, and I am actually here with a very special guest, um, one of my dear friends. Uh, we've been knowing each other for what? Five, five years? Five years? I now? think yeah. five years, yeah. Yeah, we've been knowing each other for about five years. I was actually, it's funny because I was actually introduced to her by someone else, by someone, someone else. else. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> yes. and you know, the, the cool thing is that her and I, ever since her and I connected, you know, we've clicked and- Clicked, um, yes. Yeah, and we've had, you know, really great conversations about all kinds of cool things. Yes. You know, everything from uh, being creative, which I'm actually going to be on her podcast pretty soon. Yes, or actually, are. by the time you're listening to this, the podcast, uh, her her podcast, Sincerely Angie M, will be, or Sincerely Angie. Yes, I'm sorry, Sincerely Angie. Will be, um, will be out. Yes, and, you know, you'll, you'll be able to hear some of the cool things that I've, that I've discussed with her. Um but one of the one of the great things about her podcast is that she talks about all kinds of different um, avenues when it comes to you know confidence, um, being creative like you know like myself, um, being um, you know just being uh, closer to God and thing and everything. Like everything. she talks about all kind of cool yes. things. The one that attracted me the most was when she talked about finances because. As we all know, everybody has issues. A lot of people have issues with finances and and how things are, you know, and, you know, not enough money coming in, mm -hmm. too much more money going out and things like that. And, you know, I, I felt compelled to try to have her here to have a conversation with her about it because I just really felt good about the things that she discussed. And, we, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that. But Thank you. Her name is Angie. Yes. Sincerely, Angie, if you go to her podcast or her in her Tumblr page uh, or her website, I'm sorry, it's... um. Sincerely, Angie M. Tumblr. Com. That is right. That is right. <laughs> and your social media is what? My social media. I do have a page for my Sincerely account. I post on there when I do post a new episode, which is Sincerely Angie on Instagram. And my um, other page is just being, B E I N G underscore Angie. 
Cool, cool. So um, I do want to kind of have a couple of conversations about finances and, and things, because like I said earlier, um, there's so many people, millions and millions of people um, in, you know, you know, in the United States. I mean, we're just in the world that are having really, really, issue, really severe issues with finances and and, you know, just trying to keep their head above water and everything. You know what I mean? So it's like and it's so difficult nowadays because a lot of the times that, you know, there are jobs that are out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be here today, gone tomorrow. Yes. Um, you know, and there's so many different attributes when it comes to, you know, having money and having certain different levels of income that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you talked about specifically was more of like how you can use the money that you have now and manage it and still be successful in the long run. Yes. Um, so I wanted to touch on a touch on that a little bit, you know, um, and I know you mentioned once before that you like to give this disclaimer that you're not a financial analyst and things like that but yes you've been through it <laughs> i have and that's one of the things that you and i talked about on on your podcast it's like i'd rather deal with somebody who's been through the trenches yes who knows how to get out of it and again like you know get themselves out of a hole um and close the hole up right you know so no one else can step over it yes you know so or so no one else can step inside the hole so yeah so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that but Tell me, just tell me, tell me whatever is on your mind in terms of like, you know, um, like the first thing about finances. What is one of the most important things that we as people need to know about finances and know about being secure for the long run? One thing I would say uh, is the most important is budgeting. Because, of course, we all have bills. We're adults. We right. have bills and we have families to take care of. We have to live. Right. We don't just work to pay bills. So budgeting would be the very first thing that I would say. This way, you know that when you work and when you get your paycheck and after you pay your bills, what do you have left to play with? What do you have left left to invest with? And what do you have less left to save? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the easiest thing to start with is learning how to budget your money. Okay. Well, okay. So with, so what do you, when it comes to the people who can't budget or who doesn't know? Well, yeah, let me say that the people who can't budget or the, who they feel that, well, I don't have enough money because all of my bills need to be paid. And, you know, by the time I'm finished paying my bills, I don't have anything left. So what do you say to people who have, who feel they have that type of issue where they feel they can't budget? I would first say that they may not have the best relationship with money than if they can't budget. Um, you have to have a relationship with money. You have to value money, knowing that money does not, it, it comes every two weeks when you get your paycheck or every week when you get your paycheck. Right. But um, there are ways to make make it work because, of course, if you sit down and you think about a person who lives, they eat, they work, they take care of their family, everything that they do, you still make it to work. You still have gas in your car. You still have food on the table. So you obviously have money to do those things. You, right. It's just learning how to manage that money so if you are not the best budgeter or you don't have the best relationship with money if you're not a writer if you don't write stuff down if that's not something that you're used to doing then you may get on the computer and make a spreadsheet of your financial um or your finances for the week or for the two weeks or for the month however you decide to do it but the easiest thing for me is to write it down first okay categorize it and then divide it basically put okay this is my household bills this is what I need to get to and from work. And then what you can probably uh, cut back on if you eat out all day at work or all week at work. Right. You can probably cut out on eating out and then save that money to put into your food to make more home-cooked meals. That's a way to budget your money. 
Okay. Um, so what? Okay. So with that being said, then let's talk about a little bit about the notion of um, let's let's dig a little bit deeper into that into the um, the, the the budgeting of it. Mm-hmm. So for instance, so what you're saying is that everyone who has an issue or who feels they have an issue with money and with budgeting and everything like that. Um, what do you say to that person? Like how, like, cause it's, it all sounds good. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like it's something that can be done, but what about for people who say, well, I have a plan already. I have a budgeting plan already. I already have it, you know, a plan of action or whatever, but for some reason I still can't get to the promised land. Right. You know, or I'll even go a little bit further than that. What about the person who says, well, I, there's no reason for me to do that because I know exactly what bills I have to pay in my head. Okay. For that person, I would say you may not have it all planned out if you're still having issues. So mm-hmm. that plan obviously may not be working for you. So try another plan. And I know it's it's hard to, if you don't have time and if budgeting is not something that you normally do, you don't have time to write everything down or you don't want to write everything down, but you have to decide which is more important. You overdrafting and paying these overdraft fees every other week because you're going over on your funds or do you want to save that 35 or $25 or whatever by budgeting? Right. And when I say budgeting, I just basically mean taking what all you have to do, like the necessities. You have to pay your bills or you're going to be out in the street. You have to get to work, so you need gas. So these are things that you need to make time, well, make money for. You need right. to you know, have that on the side. So if you let's just take a $2,000 check for whatever for okay, just for just for intents and purposes yes. right now. Okay. So take a two thousand dollar check and your monthly bills, let's just do an approximate estimate of what your monthly bills are. If you're getting paid two thousand dollars every two weeks, so you make four thousand dollars a month, but your monthly bills are eighteen hundred dollars, then you have twelve hundred dollars left over. So there's a way for you to work out that twelve hundred dollars to get you gas for the next four weeks or for the four weeks for that month to get you food for that month and also for you to at least live your life because no one wants to work just to pay bills so there is a way to budget that but if you are thinking hey i have it planned out in my head i already know what i have and what i don't have you may not have that correct it's not that hard to sit down and write it down and go through it and say okay well maybe i'm paying too much money because or at least i thought i was paying too much money because I actually have $1,200 left over after every check. Right. So if you have $1,200 left over, out of that $1,200, try and save at least 10% of that. Mm-hmm. At least $120 out of that $1,200. And if you can't save the 120 save 60 maybe. But just putting something aside will help you out the next coming week. And you also want to make sure that you're paying your bills on time so you can avoid late fees. The late right. fees are the things that's going to keep you in debt. Right. Those are the things that's going to keep you in the hole. So avoid that by just paying your bills first and then playing later. Okay. So when, so what you're saying is that it's, it's probably best because you never know. Cause you may have some money. If you write it down, mm-hmm. write down all of your bills and be completely transparent with yourself and, yes. or with your significant other and, and, and figure out a map of plan of action. Yes. So what you're saying is that, you know, you can potentially find some extra money somewhere yes. if you do that or whatever. Absolutely. You know, so, okay, well, what about people who, let's just say, again, just for sake, just for the sake of this conversation, somebody who has $2,000 worth of bills but only gets paid $2,100 a month. Okay. So. Well, in that case, um, you have to start to eliminate some bills. Um, is the cable necessarily worth it? Do you really need the cable? Are there some things that you can cut out as far as um, 
like I said, well, with your bills, your eating habits may not be uh, included in your bills. But mm-hmm. um, also is the internet plan that you have. Let's say you have the most expensive internet plan. Is what you're doing at home or your internet necessary for you to have that higher plan? Like right. if you're not working from home and you're, you don't need that fast internet speed, you're not streaming or downloading things where you need that speed, probably lower your package, you know, lower your internet package. Your cell phone bill, what what exactly are you paying for your cell phone with right. your cell phone bill? There may be some things you can cut out. Some people have unlimited everything, but some people also are, you uh, they have overage charges for their, their data that the they're data using. Usage, right. So, I mean, there are some things that you may have to cut out, cut out with that, but in the end, you have to think about the bigger goal. Right. You know, so is it is it worth it? I think it's worth it. Right. So basically what you're saying is that you have to take inventory of the things that you have. Yes. And even if you are getting paid a lot of money, um, you know, um, if you're getting paid, you know, almost two or three times more than what your bills are, you know, you still want to take inventory of the things that you yes. have because you never know. You may be missing out on money. Yeah. Or you may be you may not be seeing money somewhere or whatever. So, yes. I mean, and that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, let me switch gears a little bit. Um, well, no, actually, let me stay on this topic here. So what do you do you recommend whenever for someone who's just starting out and they want to go out and, and write their bills down. Do mm-hmm. you recommend that they do it uh, for the entire month, for the week, uh, for two months, for three months, or what? What do you recommend? I would say to start off, know what you're working with starting off. Your bills only come once a month. You only pay, most people only pay one light bill per month. One, most people only pay one cell phone bill per month. So right. monthly, I would see what you're working with. I would write down what you're working with what your rent or your mortgage is, what your cell phone bill, write all of that down so you know how much you need to make in those two weeks, the two weeks that you get paid, well, the four weeks that you get paid every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And this is just based on bi-weekly schedule. So if um, you write down and your total bills come up to be $1,800, but you know that you're making $3,200, then you know that you have a whole lot left over. And another thing that goes with that is um, I will watch your swiping habits because a lot of people don't keep cash on them nowadays because mm-hmm. direct deposit everybody's check mostly is direct deposit right so you don't have cash on hand and you're probably just swiping and swiping and swiping and that tends to add up and you're not really paying attention to where that money is going so on top of budgeting for the month if you um do that that way you just have that general uh amount of what your monthly bills are right but when you do it weekly you'll know okay the first through the 15th this amount of money is coming out for these bills. And then the 15th through the 30th, this amount of money is coming out of this paycheck. And that kind of helps you to divide your money. You're not, um, what's the word I want to, you're not um, exhausting all of your funds on the first paycheck. You can save some of those things for the, the latter paycheck. Okay. So do you, um, okay. So, well, let me ask this question. So do you <laughs> think that, um, do you think it's wise because, you know, a lot of times credit card companies, card payments and things like that or whatever, um, they can actually allow you to move your payment date. Yes. So do you recommend that everybody move? Like, do you recommend, you know, at least adjusting your payment date or whatever so Absolutely. you can try to, you know, accommodate, you know, certain bills at certain times or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I went, um, I actually re- recently just refinanced my truck mm-hmm. because I wanted a lower interest rate on what I was paying. And the lady said, okay, your first month, um, your note will be due on the 7th of the month. And I said, can you make it after the 15th? I said, because I have a process that I use. And she was like, sure. So it's, it'll be due on the 15th. And I was like, that's even better because right. that's that'll be toward my second paycheck. 
but you can you can like you said you can call them and say okay well this is better if it's you have your mortgage and your or your rent coming out of your first paycheck that's going to be the bulk the bulk of your paycheck right and you know the last paycheck you probably don't have much of anything coming out of it so don't exhaust all your funds on a first paycheck when you can you know push something over to the second one ah that makes sense that makes sense because you want to be able to try to again have monies at somewhere you know yes. you want to be able to have everything accounted for and you also want to be able to have something you know um save or something extra for mm-hmm. each of your checks so you know instead of having all of it bombarded you know all I of want... your stuff on one thing yes because um, that way though people tend to think since their first check is completely exhausted, they think, oh, I have a free paycheck. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have a free paycheck. Right. You need to save some of that money. So when your next first paycheck comes for the next month, you'll have some extra funds. You know, you can, so you can that use. second paycheck is not free just because there is no bills coming out. You just right. want to make sure that you save some of that money to go toward the first paycheck so you're not completely exhausted again. It's a, it's a vicious cycle if you don't pay attention to it. Right, and that's one of the main things that you need to do is pay attention to it. Yes. You mentioned something earlier about um, swiping. Like, you know, a lot of times we just swipe. We mm-hmm. just swipe. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. <laughs> I'll have cash on hand, but yet I'll still swipe because it's just, you know, it's just more of a habit. Yeah. So, um... One of my friends, she actually uh, hit me up to this um, not too long ago or some years ago. She said that normally whenever she gets paid, which is probably one of the smart things to do, when she gets paid, what she does is she goes to uh, the bank or the ATM machine or whatever, and she'll get, yes. she'll get like, let's just say $40, mm-hmm. but she'll get it in ones. Yeah. That way, you know, and once she uses that money. There's that's, none, that's all that's she has. I, I already it. knew where you were going when you said that. Right. That's a smart. That is very that's smart effective. to do. You, yeah. You oh, know, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I used to do that a long time ago. Um, when we were getting paper checks, though, mm-hmm. when I was getting a paper check, and let's just say this was years ago. So let's say I had a three hundred and fifty dollar paycheck. I kept the fifty dollars, and the three hundred dollars went straight to the bank. Right. And like I said, this was years ago before I had a whole lot of bills. Right. But I worked with that fifty dollars for those two weeks until the next payday came. Right. Right. And that's so it's so crazy because a lot of people don't even know that, and it's it's more of a psyche thing, you Mm -hmm. know, like you know, a psychological thing, like once because you're training yourself. Just like how you trained yourself to swipe Mm -hmm. instead of paying for cash, paying for with cash, you're actually retraining yourself to pay for it with cash versus yep. swipe. Yeah. Almost as if it's a taboo if you decide to swipe it versus yep. paying for it with cash. And then at that point you realize and then at that point you actually manage your money better. You got it. Because you then at because you now know how to be able to because you know that this money is gonna last for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So so you're so you're having to it's so crazy because, you know, it's you would think the simple things like that don't work, but it it actually it, does work. Though it creates discipline. You know? right. You're disciplining yourself, and right. a lot of people would say, "Oh, I can't work with fifty dollars every two weeks." But if you if you're going out to eat consistently every time your friends call you, you're going $8, out to eat ten dollars here, twenty dollars right. here. Oh, you if, when you look at your if I I literally log into my bank account every single day, and I know that's probably bad, but right. I like to make sure that okay. This is still there. I paid this and nothing is missing. And, you know, I just, I like to log in. I just, I'm addicted to saving and making sure my money is where it needs to be. Right. Making sure that I didn't forget to pay a bill, which is very unlikely, but still. Right. You want to log on and, and keep in track of what, you know, what your account is saying, what is supposed to be coming out, what hasn't come out. Because I've had that happen one time before. I went online to pay a bill. I thought I paid it. And as I'm checking my account, it was never deducted. Mm. And I was close to paying a late fee because I, 
but luckily I caught it. And I'm like, right. well, why hasn't this been deducted yet? And I went back and I tracked and I tracked. And it's like, it never went through. It the never transaction through. never went through. So I would have been paying a $50 late fee Sheesh. had I not been checking. And I'm very frugal and I don't like to spend right. unnecessary money. <laughs> right. Which which actually segues into my next question that I wanted to okay. ask you. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, credit card debt. Okay. That is a big deal right now. A lot of us, myself included, um, have um, have accumulated this enormous amount of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not myself. Well, let me not say I have a, an enormous amount, but I'm in the same boat. Because if you have credit card debt, then that's debt, regardless. Yes. yes. Um, what are some best, in your opinion? What are some of the best ways to overcome that credit card debt? Like, let's just say I, I want to give you two scenarios. One. For people who are just starting out with credit cards and things like that, what do you recommend that they do? Um, and for and two, for people who already have this large amount of credit card debt, how do they how do they get from under it? So you know, how do you what do you think are the best ways to get from under it? Um, because they you know with credit card debt, of course, you have lots of interest and stuff yeah. like that. And again, that's unnecessary money that you have to pay to the people. Yes. So what are your so the number again number one for people who are just starting out? Do you recommend that they get a credit card? And if they do get a credit card. Like, you know, what are some of the things that they need to kind of watch out for? And two, for people who already have credit card debt, Mm -hmm. how do they get from under that? Okay, so for the person who wants a credit card, um, I would think that I think that you should get one, but also be very cautious with your credit card and be very careful. It is easy to get into debt with credit cards because it's not actually your money, so to speak, because you're just you say, oh, I can pay this later and just spend, 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 swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm -hmm. Well, with a credit card. You want to make sure that you are only purchasing or getting or spending what you know that you can afford to pay back because then you're going to go into debt. You don't want to max out your credit cards because then that's, like you said, that's more interest that you'll be paying back on money and it affects your credit score as well. Get the credit card. If you have the choice of telling them what you want your limit to be, make that limit as low as possible. Now, if you're going to use it solely for traveling like I have done in the past, I would say to get maybe like a $2,500 limit. That can book a room and several flights if you have to pay for a group of people. Right. Um, now, if you don't want that high of a limit and you maybe just want $500, then you mm. can use that credit card for like groceries or gas or something like that. And then with that, you want to make sure that when it's when your first bill comes or when your bill comes that you're paying more than the minimum balance. If you have like a $500 limit, your minimum balance on maybe spending $200 may be $10 or $15. Mm-hmm. You can pay the ten and fifteen dollars, but you're you're still going to be accumulating a lot of interest on your the money that you owe back. If you can, out of the two hundred dollars that you may have spent on a credit card, if you can pay a fifty dollar um, monthly bill for the uh, credit card, if you can pay fifty, pay fifty. The minimum balance is fine, but don't get comfortable with paying a minimum minimum balance because, of course, they add more and more interest the longer your money stays. Um, that you spent on the money. And for the person who already has a credit card to get out of credit card debt or to get out of that hole, the same thing. Pay more than a minimum balance. Right. Also, you want to make sure you know how much your interest rate is because I, from experience, I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> for, the, for a long time, and when I say a long time, I mean a decade, I was paying 28% on my Chase credit card. 28 percent 28.80 something percent so close to 29 percent interest on a credit card right and i found out that you can call your credit card company and ask them to lower your rate you know you can say hey look i got a a, uh interest offer in the mail for another company and 
I want to know if you can, you know, find me a better offer. And they'll probably find you another offer or they may say, no, I don't have an offer available, which they told me they didn't have an offer available. So I just went and got another credit card and I went with a credit union and my interest rate is now 10%. So just imagine that was how much more. 28% or 29%. Yeah. And then now I have a credit card with 10%. And so my interest rate is much lower. So when I would get maybe like a 40 or $50 charge, in addition to what I owed on the credit card, now I'm only getting like maybe two or three dollar interest on right. my credit card now. So that that's a, a hell of a difference if you're paying an extra fifty dollars versus paying an extra two or three dollars from borrowing some borrowing their money basically. Right. Yeah. Wow, that and is I, insane. Yeah, and I told my my uh, best friend, I said he is in credit card debt. I said call the credit card company and ask them for a lower rate. He called and he was successful. He was paying, I think. Uh, 21% maybe. I I want to say that's how much he was paying. And when he called them, they lowered his um interest rate to 11%. It was either 11 or 13%. I can't remember what numbers he told me. Right. But now he's able to pay because he was just basically paying his interest to keep up. He was he was never going to get out of debt. Right. And now he has a lower interest rate on his money. He's been able to pay it down faster. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. And, and you know, these are the things that the credit card companies don't tell you. Not you at know, all. Because they're, the, the goal for them is to continue to allow you to pay that interest Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. Wow. So the main thing I'll say is if you don't need to use the credit card, don't do it. Only use it for emergencies, right. which I do. I, I use it for trips, vacations or something like that. So that I have more money my, of my own money I can spend when I go on a vacation, but I also don't use it that often to or any unexpected expenses is when I use it. That's really what I use my credit card for: unexpected expenses and vacations. If right. you don't have to use it, don't use it because, of course, you don't want to get in debt over something that you necessarily didn't even have to do. Do you recommend getting one? Yes, as, as a whole. Okay. Yes, I do because of course it boosts your credit score up. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, you and which which is a big deal. Um, what are some of the ways that you have been able to increase your credit score? Because that's okay. So when it comes to credit scores, right? When it comes to credit, um, a lot of people, you know, still have that old school mentality. Well, I mean, I could just pay cash. Cash mm-hmm. is king. Cash is king. Well, that is not the in 2018 that is no longer the case credit mm-hmm. is everything yes credit is king now granted you if you have cash you can pay for, you know, for the vast majority of things with cash mm-hmm. but in order to purchase a home in order to purchase a car things yes. like that or whatever you may need some you, you're going to need to have some type of established credit right so how were you able to you know without going too much into detail <laughs> how were you able to get out of the credit uh the credit hole that you were in. Um, like, what are some of the things that you did? I mean, besides the traditional, of course, just paying your bills right. on time or whatever. But, you know, how to, to, to the listeners, how were you able to get out of that credit card? Uh, or, I'm sorry, out of that credit, like, you know, out of the credit hole? How were you able to get to overcome that? Okay, well... My credit score uh, growing up, I of course, when you're young and you are you become a teenager and you get bills, you don't have credit. But once right. I got a car and then I did get a credit card, my credit score went up to over 700. And then I had a mishap in life and then it went down to 500 and something. Mm-hmm. And then over a year and a half period, it went right back up to $700. Now, the crazy part with me is I didn't do anything. Right. I did not do anything but continue to pay my bills on time. And that basically boost my score back up but i'm not in a lot of debt i didn't have a lot of open credit cards i didn't have the student loans at the time i had nothing that would have 
would have uh, kept me in debt. Everything right. I had was basically just my credit card. And I was not in credit card debt. I just had a balance. Mm-hmm. And the balance, I just was paying on it for like a year. And then right. when I got my taxes, I paid it completely off. And when you do that, of course, that shoots your score up. So right. that's basically what I kept doing. As I had the credit card um, balance, maybe like $1,000 pay on it consistently and then when I get my taxes paid completely off and then that boosts your score up uh, dramatically tremendously yes it boosts your scores up and so or your score up Um, so that would be the only thing that I know that from experience I can speak on that helped my credit score was to continue paying my more than my minimum balance on my credit card Mm -hmm. and then paying it completely off when I was able to which increases your score now for the person who does not have um uh, they have more debt than what I had. What I would tell you to do is, I know those student loans are a headache. <laughs> I know that you <laughs> yes. know you defer them every year or whatever the case may right. be. Um, at one point my my student loans was only twenty one dollars a month. You can afford that. What well, I'm not going to say everyone can afford that, but if you can afford that, there's an income driven. Um, plan that you can suggest or you can request um, when you call your student loan company. Or even um, if you don't have student loans, that's not something you have, call your credit card company and ask them, okay, can I start paying, you know, if, if it's in collections, so to speak. Not really collections, but it hadn't gotten to that point. Right. Call them and say, hey, can I start paying this amount and we can get this, this squared away? It's right. Some people I've seen where they have had... Um, Phone bills like Sprint, T-Mobile, they have balances of like one hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred and something dollars. Call T-Mobile, call Sprint, call those places and say, "Hey, I don't have the one hundred and fifty dollars. I have a hundred dollars. Can I pay you this and you remove this from my credit report?" And they they'll do it. They'll agree. They'd rather get some money than to not get any money. So and especially if you call them with a nice attitude and say, "Hey, look, I'm trying to clean my credit up. This is what I want to do. What can I give you for you to take this off my credit report?" And they'll work with you. So a lot of things, a lot of it is basically doing your research and looking into your finances, actually looking into what you have and what is doable. If you can pay that $150 credit um, phone bill off, pay it off. Pay it off. And yeah. that, that everything that you knock off your credit report boosts your score after those 30 days up because it, it reports every 30 days. Right. So when it checks your um, your report for the next 30 days and that that, that is no longer there, that's going to boost your score. So I guess the best thing to do would be to... First of all, get a copy of your credit report. Yes, freecreditreport.com. Yes. And it's free. You don't have to add any credit card information or anything. You're entitled to that every single year, and you'll get it from all three credit bureaus. And you look through that report thoroughly. You make sure, number one, is you make sure that everything is correct. Make sure that your name is spelled correctly, that your addresses are correct, and also that um, those accounts that are in default on your report that you make sure that those are actually your accounts because if there's something on there that is not yours if your name is misspelled if your address is incorrect those are things that can help your credit score to go up because that's you can dispute them yeah you can dispute that wow yep um i remember um uh i remember listening or hearing one time before which i i begin to implement that whenever i was cleaning up my credit um that when it comes to collection collection agencies, mm-hmm. um, don't pay them. No. Yeah. And never admit to a, admit right. that it's your account. Right. You can call them and say, I'm inquiring about 
account one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but don't mm-hmm. say I'm calling about my bill or I'm calling about my account because then you're taking ownership of that. And then at that point, that, that's when yeah. it becomes a, a, a viable yes. bill. You got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, I was I was told that you know don't don't ever pay don't ever contact the uh, or if you have to contact the collections agency or whatever just to get the just get the vital information that you yes. need like the account number um uh, the company that you know that's that's doing the collections or, mm-hmm. or whoever sent it to the collections agency or whatever and you call them directly yes call them back directly because more than likely the bill is still in their system yes and if you have that account number that you know all that information or whatever it's always best to pay them directly versus paying the collections agency yes. because even if you pay the collections agencies it's still not going to show up on the the the, uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the main person's account for years. Yes, you know, so yeah, so that's why it's always good to, to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, so what are, what are your thoughts on this, on on waiting seven years? Do you think um, that you know? Let's just say from okay, I'll I'll use me as an example. Um, I had a credit card from Discovery. It was like four thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? I have three years left. Before that seven year mm-hmm. hits, so what do you what do you recommend I do? Do you recommend I go ahead and still try to knock it off, or do you re- or I have two years left? So what do you recommend I knock it off, or do you recommend I just wait the two years and then it removes itself? I I would I mean if you only got two years, time flies. So <laughs> I I would not worry about it. I mean right. if if you can pay it off, if you have the four thousand dollars, do it. But I I really would not. I right. me personally, I would not. If right. I only have two years. Like I said, time flies. I had, I think, 11 inquiries on my um, report. And after two years, the when someone runs your credit, that comes off. And right. on a date, because I, I would purchase the car. So on that date, after I got it in 2016. On that date in 2018, it legit removed itself off my report. Did it increase your, your yes. credit score? Really? Yes. So... It, it it happens like and I and I know these are inquiries and it's totally different from a credit card but it it flew by like right. I kept seeing them on there every time I logged on to credit card and I kept seeing them and I'm like okay I got two more days I got this right. you know and it's just it it came off immediately and then my score did go up so I me if you have two years left I personally would not pay my four thousand dollars because you've already went uh, five years without paying it That's so true. you know if you got two more years I would not pay it <laughs> that is true. I've had people ask me that, you know, I have this amount of debt. Should I pay this? I have this amount. And I said, it's $500. And she said, yeah, you know, I said, pay it. Just pay it. Right. I say either pay two fifty and two fifty, or just pay the $500 and let something else go by the wayside. That vacation that you wanted to take or something, put that off and right. just pay the $500, get that off. And that's going to boost your score up at least 20 points, maybe. Right. You know, so if you or because she wanted to purchase a house. And she was like, do you think I should wait or do you... I said, if you're trying to purchase a house, I said, when you think of credit, the best thing to think of is how much money do you want to spend? And I don't mean like the actual number. I mean, when I say the money you want to spend, because that's how much... Um, if you have a low credit score, mm-hmm. your interest rate is going to be higher, which means right. that you're going to pay more back in interest. In interest. So how much do you want to spend is what I mean. So, you know, you have to think about it. Would you rather your credit score be higher or would you rather pay... An extra four thousand dollars on, on interest something, on something right, on that a house you, or yeah. a car or something like that. No, so yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and it's so crazy because a lot of people don't know this information. Yes, they 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 just assume that oh well that's just what it is, mm-hmm. you know. But they don't know this. Like, 
all the jewels that you're dropping right now, you know, a lot of people don't know. No. Um, and so that's why I'm so glad that you're on uh, Living Unmastered right now so you can be able to tell people because that's actually, ultimately, that's a part of being unmastered. Mm-hmm. Like I told you earlier, being completely unfiltered and being completely, you know, de- uh, independent of whatever every, of what everyone else is doing or yes. what everyone else has going on. Yes. You know, you want to be able to live the life that you want to live. Absolutely. A lot of that has to do with finances and a lot of that has to do with credit and credit cards and all these other things. And I think it's wonderful that you're actually giving this knowledge out, you know, that because, again, everybody don't know this. Right. And, you know, and, and it's so crazy because... All of this stuff is just a simple YouTube video or a simple Google search or whatever. But a lot of times people pay so much money for like credit counseling services and all these other things too. Yes. And you know, like, and you know, they just don't want like, the information is available to you guys. You know, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, you had to learn the hard way. I did. Um, I had to learn the hard way how to, how to repair things or whatever. And again, this is stuff that they just not, nobody's going to tell you. And, and they don't, they don't want you to know this information. Um, and a prime example is when I was, when I got my very first credit card, I told the guy, I said, you know, I've heard horror stories about credit cards. I don't want one. He was like, no, you'll just get a small limit. He's like, it's no problem. He said, just get gas or something like that. Buy your groceries and then pay it off the next month. You'll be fine. But what he did not tell me was that my interest rate was going to be 28%, which I was 20. I didn't know about that either. Right. And then he also did not tell me that if I continue to pay on time, that my, my balance, not my balance, my... Uh, credit limit would increase. So I went from having a $200 uh, balance, credit limit, I should say, to having a $2,500 credit limit because I was paying my bill on time and they kept increasing it without me knowing or without me asking for it. And so I'm getting more money. I'm like, oh, that's great. I got more money to spend. Right. They don't tell you that. And they don't want you to know that because the more money you're spending, the more money they're going to get back off of that. They do not want you to know this stuff. They they are banking on you not knowing this stuff. Like I said, for 10 plus years, I was paying 28% in interest on a credit card. Had I known that, I would have switched companies way sooner and saved myself I'm not going to say millions, but I I would have saved myself a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the crazy thing because they don't like you said they don't they're banking on you not knowing this stuff, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why so many people get into the hole that they're in, yeah. uh, and and it's very difficult. And that's why I have you on here to to share your experiences with the public and with the listeners to let them know that hey, it can be done. Yes, you know when you know they want you to believe that you know okay once you're in this debt then you're in this debt for good no mm-hmm. you can get out of yes, it yes you can it can be done yes so my last question before we get out of here is what is the first okay so if i'm from if i'm looking at all of my bill i'm looking at basically i'm listening to everything that you're telling me mm-hmm. i listen to the podcast uh, to living unmastered i listen to everything that you had to say but i still don't know exactly how to start where do we start? Where where do I start? What's the first thing I do? Okay. Uh, the first thing I would say is take an inventory of your life and see what it is that you're looking to do. What are, what are, What is your main goal? Is your main goal to get out of debt or is your main goal to stop paying overage charges or late fees? Or is your main goal you want to get into a house next year? What is your goal? Find out what your goal is. Is if you're if you're wanting to save, let's let's say you are looking to save five thousand dollars in the next couple of weeks or month mm-hmm. months years or so. Right. If you're willing, if you're looking to save that amount of money, look at your bills and say, this is what I can afford to put um put aside every week or every two weeks, 
and be very strict with yourself. Be very disciplined. Um, you have to right. make sure that you are holding yourself accountable as well because, um, and I hate to keep giving my giving myself as examples, but this is the only way that I can tell you this information because I've been through it. I am currently doing a 52-week money challenge. And okay. I at the beginning of the year when I started the 52-week money challenge, I told myself any extra funds that I get, any extra paychecks, any money that I was not expecting, I put it solely into that 52-week money challenge account. And I opened up a savings account especially for that. Right. So... I got a check from um, AT&T, not AT&T, um, T-Mobile. I got a check from T-Mobile. It was like $75, I think. Some, for whatever reason, I got the check. And I immediately cashed it, I deposited it into my account, and transferred it into that savings account. Right. I got unexpected unexpected money <clears throat> money from um, this guy that I work for. He sent me a random check, you know, just mm. showing me his appreciation. I deposited that $50 into that bank. Right. I got it. I even got a check for like a dollar and some change for um, a refund check for something. A dollar and some change went directly into that account. I kept I kept my word to myself. I said that I was going to do this, and I stuck with it. Right. So that's one thing that I would say. You have to find out what your goal is and then stick to your guns. If you say that you're going to save $50 every two weeks, make sure that you can save that before you sign yourself off to that. If you can't save $50 a week, you know you can barely rub two pennies together. Don't say that you're going to save 50 because then you're going to put other things in a hole. Right. So on top of budgeting and knowing what you can save, make sure you are realistic about your um your goals. Your goals. So, once the, so for the people, because if it's the same type of $52 challenge, let's, let's elaborate on that a little bit. So what exactly is that $52 challenge? Uh, well, it's a 52-week um, week week challenge, challenge right. that I found on the internet. And me and a friend of mine, we're doing it together because two heads are always better than one. You do right. need somebody to motivate you, someone that you trust to keep you you know, on your toes. Right. So what it is is you don't have to start at the beginning of the year. You can start when you want. But on the first week, you deposit $1 into your account. The second week, you deposit $2. The third week, deposit three dollars and so forth and so on and um by the 52nd week you should have one thousand three hundred and seventy eight dollars saved up now this is a simple way to save if you're not very good with saving this is the easiest way to save because how many people are really uh depositing a dollar into their account? (laughs) not a lot of people at all and then after week 13 you're depositing 13 dollars, and then after a year of doing this you look and you've saved thirteen hundred dollars Right. Just by Just like doing that. simple little deposits into your account. So it's pretty simple and easy, and you're not going to deposit more than $52. Right. You're not going to deposit more than that week that you're actually in. And the day that we um, decided to make the the, um, the deposit date is on Fridays when we get paid. You know, it's right. the easiest thing to do. But another thing that I do with the 52-week money challenge is when I check my account, because, you know, I said I check it all the time. If there, let's say my account has four hundred and fifty-two dollars and thirty-eight cent, I transfer the two dollars and thirty-eight cent. If it has seventeen dollars and forty-five cent over, I'll deposit the seventeen dollars. So I'm actually about, I'm about three months ahead of time on my fifty-two week money challenge because I've been depositing that That much money randomly. Yeah, and you still add more to it. You like on the actual week that you that that comes up, you still add that amount. Yes, that's due. So you add that plus whatever Mm -hmm. extra pieces that you. Oh wow! Because I had to challenge myself. Because this would have been too easy. Because I'm I'm a saver. I'm frugal. So this would have been too easy for me. And so that's why I I also said whatever extra money I feel if I was not expecting a check or money. It just goes, it to, goes the to that account because I'm not. I wasn't expecting it, so I don't need it. 
So it goes That's to this true. account. And I have no idea what I'm going to do with this money after I save it after that year. Right. But I really wanted to challenge myself to start saving more. Wow. So, yeah. That's that's actually a really amazing idea. Um, I remember this 52-week money challenge um, some years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actually tried it once, and I got maybe to, like, week six, and I was like, okay, I'm done. So, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but, but you're absolutely right, though. People need to take things like this seriously, you know, because you, again – Times are changing and, yes. you know, money isn't, it doesn't go as long as it used to anymore. No. Um, you need to be able to, to, to prepare yourself for the future. Yes. Which, even, which we will get to talking about that on the next time that, you know, we have a conversation. Yeah. Um, the next time we come, we could, we get together. Oh, you know, absolutely. We're going to talk about um, life insurance and all yeah, these different things. Yeah, I was just about to say yeah. investing. And investing, yes. When I talked about um, the financial episode on my uh, podcast, I talked about investing, but I put life insurance in a different category. And I was like, life insurance is an investment. It's an investment. Yeah. You're investing in your future for your family. You know, right. so I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, I it's, it's going to be an amazing oh, one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I get excited when I talk about this. I don't know if y'all can hear the excitement in my voice, but <laughs> I love sharing knowledge and I want to prevent if if I can only help one person, I am fine with that. I don't want anyone to make that mistake that I ever, any mistake that I've ever made, I don't want anyone to do it. And that's what being a master is all about. Yes. That's what it's about. Thank you Where so much. Where can they much. reach you one more time? Where they can, can they reach, reach me on my blog page, which is sincerelyangiem.tumblr.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at justbeing underscore Angie. That's just, J-U-S-T, being, B-E-I-N-G underscore Angie. Awesome. And they can just DM you if they have any other oh, questions. Absolutely. Or I, okay. I do not withhold an ounce of information. Anything you need to know, it can be a paragraph long. I will answer it as soon as possible. And if I can, if I can't, then I'll direct you to the right person because I'm probably the research queen. Yeah. Awesome. I, I Google everything. <laughs> if I'm reading something and I see a word I don't know, I copy and paste that word and I go find it out. So I'm always about that research life. Nice. Nice. And that's what it's about. Knowledge is power. Now, Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> now it's just so much power, and yes. people. We need to. We need to be. We need to have power when it comes to this money thing, and yes. when it comes to these finances or whatever. Because we ultimately need to be able to prepare ourselves for anything that happens. Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Angie. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I, I want to say one last thing. Um, just be present in your life and be aware. And when I say be present, that just means to know what you're working with. Know your finances. Know what you can't afford and what you can't afford. Yes. And live within your means. So be present, be aware, and live within your means and be disciplined. Yes, definitely be disciplined. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I agree. All right. <laughs>
Um, I also use Walmart Saving Catcher because I shop at Walmart every time I go to the grocery store. So I use them to get money back because um, they usually find deals. If you've purchased something, they search your area and see if that same item that you may have purchased is cheaper or higher. If it's cheaper, then they give you the money back and then you can spend that whenever you use your Walmart pay. Um, another thing that I use is Ibotta. Ibotta is similar to um, Walmart Saving Catcher, I guess, so to speak. You basically download the app. You Before you go to the store, you select which items that you may or may not buy. After you shop at the store, you scan your receipt, and then they give you cash back from those items. Um, it's more like rebates that you get, but it's actually actually cash back that you get from the items. But it you have to accumulate $20 before you can withdraw the cash out. So that's another way to save and gain extra or side income. And one last thing that I use is Ebates. Ebates is for online shoppers. If you shop online, Ebates will find you discount codes, coupons, rebates, and all of that. So you log on to your Ebates account. You pick whatever store that you're going to shop at online, and then you go to that your account with that store, and Ebates basically tracks your shopping. And then they send you a big fat check quarterly. You They send them out quarterly. You don't get them whenever you make that purchase. You just get them every three or four months when they do them. Um, that's another way that I use to save and gain money. And uh, some of those accounts are referral accounts where if you refer someone they pay you as well so that's another way for you to gain additional income i'm just trying to help you all out like i said there will be links down below if you have any questions comments or concerns don't be afraid to let me know you can find me over at www.sincerelyangm.com and um yeah i hope that you all enjoy and i hope that you all are able to benefit from anything that you have heard on this podcast today thank you so much for listening happy saving Happy budgeting.